Queerness is not a monolith. We are but a small representation of our fabulous community. Thoughts expressed in this podcast are meant to inform, entertain, and provide context in a world full of sound bites and chaotic headlines. The goal? To create a safe space to educate ourselves and our community, learn from our guests, and provide comfort for those out there who may not have an outlet of queer expression. This is Queer Context. Hello and welcome to Queer Context, a podcast where two queer Texans talk queer shit about queer topics in, yes, queer Texas. I'm here with my co-host. He is the human version of Adderall, Tyler. <laughs> Which is why I can't take it. <laughs> and he is the espresso to your martini, oh, Roger. Yeah. Both of us very a little, caffeinated. And, a little cute glass. Right? Yeah. And so delicious with like a little coffee bean. Yeah, that's a lot of coffee for one drink for me, but... Do you know, I know you're not a big coffee fan, but the other day I had um, at my friend Chrissy's birthday. Shout out to Chrissy. Happy birthday, Chrissy. Happy birthday, Chrissy. Um, we, uh, Henry turned me on to a Mezcal espresso martini. Hmm. A lot going on. That's a Didn't lot have flavor. the Mezcal, they just had the tequila. Okay. It was delicious. It was a... Amazing. Wait, so was it a tequila espresso martini? Yes. Okay. Which was fabulous. Have you ever had the um, Patron XO? No. It is a Patron coffee liqueur. Right, so no. You just don't do anything coffee. coffee no. Is so I love the smell of coffee. It does smell nice. But I do not enjoy the taste of it. And every now, like every five years or so, I'm like, I'm going to try this. And I'm like, nope, nope. See, good I for love five it years. so much, and I like it. <sighs> I like it rough. I like it. I like, I like it dark. <laughs> I like it hard, strong. I like it. It's very good. Um, wow. But sometimes it's too strong, so I have to stay away so I don't get a yeah. panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dark and hard just kind of kind of describes the times we're living in, huh? Yeah. 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 How are you doing over there? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Today I'm doing okay. I feel that. Um, so much stuff is happening, and I don't know where to go, mostly because I don't want to get monkeypox, so I yeah. just stay home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you know that as of yesterday, Dallas now has the most confirmed cases of monkeypox in Texas? Okay, well, but, that, I thought you were going to say the country, and no. I was going to be like, okay, well, that's fucked. Right. No, the, the epicenter of monkeypox is still New York City. Okay. But I'm not surprised by that. Right. By the fact that it's the most cases in Texas, I'm not surprised by that. Dallas is a very gay city. Mm -hmm. And then it's also, uh, they had a huge circuit party. Yeah. Right near it, that Daddy Land event. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not surprised that yeah. Dallas would have more than any other cities in Texas. And right. And, and, you, and you still can't get a vaccine here. I mean, yeah, unless you are directly involved right, you, the, with the event. The health department has to be able to trace you to a positive case within their record. Yes. So it has to be... They have to be able to contact trace you. Right. Um, or I believe um, you have to uh, be someone who's uh, high risk. So if you get monkeypox, that the complications are greater. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, see, if you fit into those two categories, doesn't necessarily mean you will probably be able to get a vaccine because we don't have that many vaccines to go around mm-hmm. anyway. We should probably provide some context. Yes. We just kind of launched right into monkey pox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this episode, we're just, we're, we're doing a check-in. Mostly because... Uh, a lot of shit's going on. A lot of shit's going on. Uh, <laughs> I believe, was it like a week and a half ago, we were like, we just, we, I went over to your place and <clears throat> we're just kind of like, okay, things are happening in our lives and it just felt like too much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just talked through it all. But then we also re- realized that, you know, uh, we can't be the only two people that are experiencing this kind of feeling of too much of like no. burden, burdensome things with the things no. that are happening um, in this world right now. Yeah. Um, in Texas, um, monkeypox is just one of them. Yeah. 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 So monkeypox came on into the scene, what, like a month ago? May is really when it first kind of started. Um, entering kind of the new cycle. Yeah. Because monkeypox has been around for a while. Absolutely. For it's endemic in Africa. Exactly. Um, but really, I think it's May, it's when it started appearing in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then June, beginning of June, is really when the first, I'm sorry, uh, July. Well, July it's really uh, when it started appearing. Uh, the reason we need to give Texas. context is because we, we have some straight listeners. Mm-hmm. And we love you for that. Yeah. Uh, but we as a community are experiencing it in a way that a lot of people don't even know. There are people who don't even know what's going on with monkeypox or even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in our community, like, we're already starting the next quarantine. Exactly. Like, we're already like, okay, can I go to the bar? Can I go whatever? Um, I thought it was so helpful because there is so much fear right now with it. Um, kind of the little uh, chart that was going around on Instagram showing like the likelihood mm-hmm. of uh, contracting it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It made me feel so much better because it was like, as long as you are in a, as long as you go somewhere with your clothes on. Right. And you're not rubbing on somebody or touching their sore or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, like it's more, it's, it's more about skin to skin contact, prolonged contact, sweat, a lot of sweat. But the reason it's such an issue in our community is it is predominantly hitting uh, men who have sex with men. Right. 95, 95%, Dr. Carlson Dr. said Carlson. Nine, 95% of cases currently are men who have sex with men. Yes. It is not an STI. No, it's not. It is not a gay disease. No, it's not. But because of the way that it because of a, a, an unhappy circumstance of who contracted it, mm-hmm. it's now spread through this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's definitely, it put a damp on my uh, hoe July and Absolutely. my hoe August. Absolutely. Um, I was really, I was really getting ready to get back. Yeah. Well, and, and even for people who aren't necessarily wanting to be, uh, go out and, and be hoes and have hoes mm-hmm. summers. Um, oh, to just be around people. To just be around people. To just, uh, I, I don't go to circuit parties. That's not my scene. Yeah. But even if you're going to circuit party and you're dancing shirtless. Yeah. 
rubbing up like rubbing up to someone yeah you can get it yeah um and it's very it's it's, it's wild to see how quickly they stigmatized it and that's and that's where i was going to go that was because wild. there is definitely like the comparison to the <clears throat> aids crisis mhm because you i mean you have a lack of response from from the federal government, from the states, let alone you know what's the state doing? What's the st- I mean, <laughs> Texas is not doing anything. Um, but lack of resources, exactly. Lack of vaccines. Yep. Lack of response. Um, but here's the thing: it's not once again not an STI mm-hmm. and not a gay disease. No. And so once this starts affecting other folks, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem. Yeah. When people started talking about it getting into the schools, that's terrifying. Kids are disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. And here's the worst part. I all I have heard is how painful of an experience it is. And what a wretched, terrible, painful experience it is. And I'm like, y'all are cool. Y'all, y'all are okay with this just running mm-hmm. unchecked mm-hmm. and potentially getting to children? Right. Like, if this does get in the school systems, like, kids are going to be in so much pain. Right. And there have been at least two like, kids already terrible. who have been confirmed that happened. Yeah. And those, the crazy, fr- I can't even say that they're fringe Republicans, but the crazy, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, um, yeah. Already, you know, putting it out there in the world. Isn't this an STI? Why are children having it? Yeah. And no, it isn't. Because once again, you are a dumb bitch who already has your facts wrong. But it also <laughs> from and, the beginning. And this is part of and then this is the existential part of it. You know, obviously <clears throat> I, I don't want to get it. You know? But the existential part that is this is just another tool. This is just another tool to fit into oh, the, yeah. the anti-LGBTQ, you know, yeah. plus narrative that is once again popping up. In this world, in this country, yeah, um, and that—that that is where I get—I mean, I, I get mad that the response from our government, two full years after an act, you know, an actual pandemic, mm-hmm. that we're seeing some people who are not responding to something, mm-hmm. um, who are slowing down because their resp- their um, rationale is that it hasn't left a one specific group yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one specific group isn't necessarily a very desirable group by half of America. Right, right. And, and then, and then to, to then add in the stress of being targeted as a community, again, yeah. for, for yet another thing, that uh, is not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, though, about where we're at right now, because, you know, Texas, as my, one of my grandmothers would say, is just going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, though, because we have great people here. Um, despite everything that's going on, you said, like you were saying, it was too much. First, For me personally, it's been too much for like four years. Yes. Like COVID, uh, uh, turning 30 sent me for a whim. And then both of us are Mm -hmm. at the age that we're dealing with family illness. Mm -hmm. You know, the the death and aging of our parents. Um, 
out of four years of it being too much. I am tired. Well, when I'm tired. But I'm tired of just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And I say that as somebody who has slept for the last month. (laughs) You got that rest in July. (laughs) Because uh, June Tyler probably would have had a nervous breakdown. Right. Um, But uh, I say that as somebody who has had rest. Because Mm -hmm. I think in this time period right where we're at, with everything that's happening, where people's mental health is at, everybody needs to get rest where they can. Mm -hmm. For me, in my life, a lot of the spaces I'm going, you know, I don't go to certain parties. So I've I've had to close in and change my plans a little bit for monkeypox, but as we're all getting more educated, I'm feeling more confident. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that rest and that break and whatever, I am determined to make plans for my life Mm-hmm. and plans for joy that are within the parameters of another fucking pandemic. Yeah. Like, yes, this is going to happen again. And honestly, as a vegan, uh, we're going to see another pandemic. <laughs> we're going to see, as long as we continue to pump animals full of antibiotics, mm-hmm. just keep them in, you know, slop piles mm-hmm. next to jungles, mm-hmm. you know, where they're interacting with other creatures. This is going to continue to happen. We're going to see another pandemic. It's going to be worldwide again. Um, I am determined to find some way to find joy yeah. and plan for joy and plan around this shit. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Um, cool. Can't go to the club. Cool. I can plan an event at my house. Mm-hmm. I can still go to dinner with friends. Mm-hmm. I can still go to different places, go to different bars. As long as we're like being respectful and aware and, you know, informed. Right. I'm just tired. I'm tired of, I'm tired of letting this, not letting this shit happen. Just. I'm, I'm tired of constantly living in a fight or flight mode. That part. Stress response. I'm tired of being in the stress response. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm always. And I've even slept for a month and I'm still tired. I'm always in it. (laughs) That might be the depression. That, that, (laughs) that, (laughs) that. And, you know, add to that. And, you know, my parents just recently got over COVID. Which was their first time. Which Which was their first time. Listen, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. They made it this long. Yeah. I'm impressed. And y'all did a great. Listen. Cheers to you and y'all Thank doing you. a good job of protecting them because they made it that long without it. Uh, when my dad woke up one uh, at first morning and not feeling well and, you know, I tested him and I was like, okay. I, and it was on a Saturday, so I had to call his uh, primary care physician and I got the, their on-call done, you know, so. But I got him some of the antivirals, so um, that was great. And then, like, three days later, my mom tested positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with her, the Paxlovid does not interact with the medication that she has to be on uh, because she's Is a Is Paxlovid the new antiviral? Yes. Okay. There's so many new medications, you mm-hmm. know, thrown out there. Because mm-hmm. then the one for monkeypox is, like, called T-pox. T-pox. Like mm-hmm. I didn't sign up to be a pharmacist. I did not <laughs> sign up to be a pharmacist. But let me tell you, <laughs> the research I had to do on my own. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. 
I believe it. To be able to make sure that my mom can take these things. And then, uh, uh, her primary care physician was like, oh, well, you have to call her liver doctor. My dad calls bitch, her liver doctor. Bitch, and- bitch, <laughs> bitch, don't get me started on the healthcare system in this country. Uh-huh. When my dad was going through his cancer journey and there were like five different doctors and none of them communicated with each other. Oh, oh. It was our responsibility. The yeah. man is dying of cancer. And you want him to be responsible of keeping track of which medicines which doctor gave him and whether or not they will interact? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. We had to call her liver doctor. And then my dad was doing it. I'm like, and their doctors wouldn't call me. Also because her, I'm not on her, um, on, on at least with her liver doctor, Yeah, I'm not listed for them to be able to talk to me about yeah. things. So my dad has to call them. And then he mm-hmm. calls me at work so saying they can't prescribe her uh, COVID medicine. And I'm like, dad. Is it that they are not, is that they can't or that they won't or that she can't have it? He said, well, they can't do it. I'm like, that's not what I'm asking. That's, that's not what two I'm asking. very different things. And so I And call, the fact that you have to play advocate that hard and that specific is a travesty. Yes. Like I had to call. Then the, the court, that office didn't, didn't call me back. So the next day, so this is goes a full day of my mom being comp- like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Down for the count. Down for the high risk person. Yeah, and she cannot have she cannot have acetaminophen, uh, as someone who's had a liver transplant. So that knocks out Tylenol. That knocks out like a couple of things that could help with like the fever. Mm -hmm. And uh, her primary care physician prescribes Paxlovid. The next day, they call the next morning, prescribe it, and I go to the pharmacist, and I'm like, okay, so I know like people may you, you people have opinions on when patients or family members go online to look at things, you know, and then like pretend like, and then be like, well, I read this online. However, I read that Paxlovid does not interact with, you know, well with the medication that transplant, liver transplant have to be on. So, you know, this is what she's being prescribed. And the pharmacist says, oh, they usually only bring the dose down for anyone that has kidney disease. I'm like, okay, fine. We get her on a day and a half of Paxlovid. And then like on that second day, like her blood pressure drops. And we're like, nope, nope, nope. Like, yeah, yeah. She's fine now. I'm glad she's fine. I mean, that's all that kind of like, you know, having to navigate that. While also I'm trying to stay away from them so Mm -hmm. I don't get sick. Um, it's, it's, it's too much, too much, Mm -hmm. too much. I wish that Paul had like something, at least specifically for this episode, whenever we say it's too much, there's like a sound (laughs) or something. Oh, he can put it in there. I'm sure. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, on top of starting a new job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. We got to turn this around. Yeah. 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 I'm determined. I'm like I said, I'm determined. Because here's the thing. Also, I've been talking a lot, and I realize I say here's the thing all the time. Uh, We're gonna put that on the merch yeah, on your on your T-shirt for 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 merch. Yeah. <laughs> um. We. <laughs> I'm trying not to be nihilistic about that. This, there are several signs that this shit is not gonna get better. No. Soon. No. That from. The political situations we're facing, the uh, 
spiral mm-hmm. situations we're facing mm-hmm. to the climate situations we're facing. Yeah. We still, as humans, deserve happiness. Mm-hmm. We still deserve to find joy. And I am determined by God, mm-hmm. by hell or high water, yeah. to get a little joy out of this bitch. Yeah. And so, I mean, for me, I know I've realized that this coming year, I have to have things that I'm planning for. Yes. I have to think, have things I'm looking forward to. Because here's the thing. The news cycle is just going to keep pumping us full of this bad shit. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't just ignore it. No. I'm ready for a fight this fall. Like, I'm ready. To, everybody's voting. Yep. We're all carpooling. We're all going to vote. The Queer Contacts Voting Drive coming this yes. fall. Yes. <laughs> Sign up on our Instagram. I, look, there's no, we have not set that up. I no, just no, no, made no, that no, up no, right no, now. No, 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 but that's not a bad too idea. Soon, too soon. Not a bad idea. Um, yeah. But we have but we have to have a plan. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't just keep being like, just I need it. We need a COVID proof our plan. Mm-hmm. We need a pandemic. We need a dummy proof, idiot proof, these plans for joy. Whether mm-hmm. it's for me, I know one thing I love is I love being in nature. So for me, I got cabin trips on my calendar. Nice. Because I want to be able to get out of town. And that's pretty COVID safe as long as we make sure everybody takes a test before they come. Yes. I'm a... Uh, wish... We deserve joy. We even do. Even though this bullshit's going to hell. Dude, I wish that we lived closer to a beach. Because for me, that's like, I'm not, you know, you know I'm not a big nature guy, but I do love the beach. I love the ocean. Um, and I just wish that... I lived close to the beach again, like I used to. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do love the ocean sounds when I go to sleep. My boyfriend puts on ocean sounds. Well, if you we go are. to Lake Benbrook and drink two bottles of wine, <laughs> it'll kind of sound like the beach. Mm-hmm. Lakes. I have a thing about lakes. Have you ever been to Lake Benbrook? No, but is there a city underneath it? <laughs> no, that's just Benbrook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't ever go to Lake Benbrook. Ah. Uh. It's beautiful to bike by. I like biking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do it. Yeah. I'm fast. I, so one, lakes scare me because I don't, you never know what's really underneath Absolutely them. not. And, and nowadays I mean, it could be alligators or anaconda. Right. Right. But I mean, you, uh, have you heard and read about all of these man-made lakes all over around the country, but a lot of them where they're like old, like ghost towns and villages that, mm-hmm. Basically, as oh the as, spiritu is scary. Yes, you. as like old, as like the urban planning of the country, yeah. you know, kept expanding and flooded out black communities, exactly. native communities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a that was a whole different direction than I thought you were going to go with this. I yeah. didn't expect this. Well, I mean, that's why you never know what's down there. It's true. There is a there is a la- oh I just saw this recently and I don't know I, oh, Arizona. New Mexico, I don't know, it's where a lake has dried up and there's an old Pueblo. Oh. Like, that's like coming up. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, look, climate change is a... <laughs> we really are a virus on this planet. We really are. We really are. But, but joy. 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 <laughs> We're turning it around. We're turning We're making it lemonade. Around. We're making fresky lists. Yes, we are. Well, okay, so what else uh, in your life then um, would you turn to to, to help bring a little bit more joy. So, you know, nature. Um, nature for what's me. What's part of your plan? Uh, nature for me. And then um, <clears throat> part of my plan is quality time. Because I know, despite all this shit, you know, 
depression, depression and anxiety are at an all time high. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the biggest freedom from that is being in the present moment with quality time with folks that I love. Yeah. And so that means for me, trips mm-hmm. with people. That means um, kind of a, I, for me, I've been really trying to put like a standing date weekly or monthly mm-hmm. with folks. Um, seeing my family more. Um, and then I'm really excited to, after this month of rest, um, get Trinity pride going again. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. We're talking about this on an individual level, but as a community, you know, we still deserve to see each other. And I think that's something we kind of saw through the pandemic yeah. is two things. We saw the pandemic. We saw how separated and distant we can get from each other, which sucks. And then with Trinity pride a month ago, we saw how much beauty and magic there is in our community yeah. you know and it's like i want i want to be a part of that i want to be in it yeah you know i want to get into it as, as long as we can do it safely yeah you know absolutely what about you what are we going to do going forward i know you're still like you're just coming off of the family illness so yeah you're still kind of recovering you know i need to i need to plug back into what my plan was when I moved here, which was I was going to work, I was going to take care of my family, but also I was going to write. I was going to pick that screenwriting career back up like I had one. But I mean, absolutely. But, um, you know, one of the things that when I moved to New York is, um, you know, I wanted to be creative and um, I found my way Honey, into this. you are a creative. You know that, right? I do. Okay, I do. Cool. Um, I've you know, found my way into this producing, event producing thing, but I never lost that writing love. Um, and it just worked its way into, into my work, uh, my, my actual career. And so sitting in and, um, you know, I finished a pilot. Uh, I finished a feature-length film. And, you know, the first drafts and stuff. I've done little I've done some screenwriting competitions where some of my short scripts have have gone on into competition but over like just uh I get so bogged down by everything that I get tired like I physically like my body just feels heavy that the last thing I want to do is then put it through that kind of it's its own little stress Writing every, every every time we say tired, can we get Paul to do a little soundbite that says depression? <laughs> I see. Do you remember Delilah? Uh, yes. Okay, that's what I always hear depression in my head. I'm like depression. <laughs> um, but I, but the thing is, I love writing. Yeah, I love being in that little world. I also just the way I approach writing, uh, especially if it's stories that I'm like scripts that I'm doing of my ideas. Yeah. I, you know, I make my playlists. I, you know, mm-hmm. I have this kind of oral. Um, I create my play, my mood playlists, you know, that, that fit. So, like, you know, I can, like, put on the music. And, like, you know, I'm with my note cards, with my computer, with my laptop, yeah. with my note, you know. And if I'm, if I'm doing research for something, it's like, or am, am, I, am I reading something that has to do with what I'm about to write about? And I need to allow myself the time to be able to do that. Because I don't, yes. I don't. I get so bogged down in what it is that 
um, I feel that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, as a as an additional caretaker for my family, as an employee for insert name of of job mm-hmm. that I may currently have, um, and commitments to you know other things. I mean, I I will say that um, the, this podcast brings me joy. Yeah, being able to to come in and do this, mm-hmm. um, me too, and, and that's great. Um, and being able to, I, I, I do feel that now that I have this new job, it will be enable me to do this next thing, which is I need to be able to see my friends, you know, from, from the Northeast, uh, you know, more too. Um, because those, those are people that, um, were my support system before the pandemic, yeah. before I moved back. And, um, you know, FaceTime is FaceTime and Zoom is not the same. And, we don't do it with the frequency that we no. used to anymore now. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, I think those, those are the things like, you know, when I'm in that creative space, that brings me joy. Yeah. So it's allowing myself to be able to have that time for myself. Well, I think you should make sure. And I know, I, I don't know if it's there and I didn't say it, but we need to both make sure that, we're looking at those desires without judgment. Right. Because it is too much. Mm-hmm. It is unprecedented times. Yeah. As a millennial, I would just like one precedented time. Right. Just one. Right. Living through, <laughs> living through history is exhausting. It's some bullshit. It's exhausting. Um, um, you know, um, I, my boyfriend is very good at reminding me to take a deep breath. You're also very good at reminding me to take a deep breath. Um, and, you know, and, and other than, you know, have my family, but like here, well, here, you two are the closest things that I have yeah. to the support system that I had like in the Northeast too. I'm glad. Yeah. We also need to realize that we're going at our own speed. Yes. Yeah. No one's supposed to be anywhere. Yeah. You know. There we may have desires, mm-hmm. like where we wanted to be or what we wanted to be. Um, but I know spending too much time on that is just exhausting. Very much so. You know, and I'd rather put my energy more towards getting there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. What do you think? I think that we are in a good place. Yeah. I think that. You and I specifically have had an opportunity to kind of restabilize post COVID. Mm-hmm. We're about both now gainfully employed. We are. We love having a job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that was kind of hit and miss for a while. Um, but I think this is this is I think this is as much of a breather as we're gonna get. This is true. Like life is gonna keep happening. Yeah. You know, I think the best, I think it is the best. I don't know. I've been in this moment in this month of like sleeping and working my new job and spending time with family and people I love is, um, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we need dreams. Yes. We need ambitions. Yeah. Yes. We need something to look forward to, but life is Thursday night dinners with your family. Yeah. yeah. Life is the energy you have for a cocktail after work with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so, it's so funny when you say life is because something that I, I get something that I always like latch onto 
whenever I really do think about like, oh my God, is this it? Is that life is actually kind of monotonous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got to wake up every day and we do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the same shit, different day. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you are, um, when you've grown up on the lyrics of Stephen Sondheim and Into the Woods and, yeah. you know, like, Disney films and, 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 you know, like if life were made of moments, then you'd never know you had one. But if, you know, life were only moments, uh, yeah. I've screwed that up. But, you know, <clears throat> like, you know, like, Honestly, the majority of life is kind of monotonous and try not to get sucked into that monotony yeah. and be brought down by it is, is important. And so when you say, yes, life is on a Thursday night, having a drink, uh, mm. d- you know, dinner with your family, you know, like it is, it, it is taking into account that those small moments are also okay. You know. Yeah, there's always the big moments, the big. Well, moments. and we love a big moment. Yeah. We plan our lives around the big moments. Well, because it's what we what we feel we need to plan ahead. Yeah. It's like that's okay because I've got this big trip coming up, you know. Absolutely. Or, or life is so boring right now, don't worry, life is better when it, we have this event. Next it's all month, right. Yes, our, our events in exactly. Yeah. I Part of part of my realization for that has been losing people, mm-hmm. because then those that that is life that you don't get to spend with them. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you're lucky, they gave you things to carry with you. Yeah, which I've been very blessed in that way. But it's kind of for me. It's very much become that life now is the quality time with the people who are still here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather us enjoy our Thursday night dinners or, you know, the couple times a month that we run into the girls at the club or whatever. I'd rather enjoy those moments mm-hmm. while we're in them than miss them when they're gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, girl, we are heavy I know do we need to put a disclaimer on this episode <laughs> do we but I mean I think part of the reason we wanted to have this is because we know that we're not the only people feeling this absolutely absolutely and, and I a mean, specific and especially from like a queer perspective you know because our family shit is more complicated let's not say more complicated than anybody else's but our family shit is always complicated in a specific way right and our experience of culture mm-hmm. is different in a, in a specific way yeah and um more so right now than it's been in the most recent in recent memory it, it really does feel like our community is under attack right now and that can even for people who are like as old as we are that can still feel bad can you imagine what someone who's like 16 17 like Oh, no, like, no. Like, I can't imagine being a teenager right now. Yeah. And I see it in my own nieces and nephews. I I see it uh, in their eyes sometimes when some new shit happens. And they're just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can see it in their eyes when they're, like, looking to the adults to figure it out like we did. Granted, you know, I mean, to us, adults knew what they were doing. But also, that was precedent in times. Right. Um, <laughs> 
they kind of did know what they were doing. It right. had been the same for about 50 years. Right. Um, but I could not imagine being a kid right now. And that's that's what mm. sucks. That's why the teen suicide rate is going up, is because yeah. they look around and they don't they don't see relief. <laughs> the adults don't see relief. We're nope. sitting here on a podcast talking about how it's hard for us to find relief. And we're having to do these this this work. Like yeah. it takes work to get into the moment. It yeah. takes work to find that peace. It work to find that joy. We're having to scour to find the peace and the joy. Um, I can't imagine. And then being a young queer person in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got to be scary. Because here's the thing, too, about the school system. Is um, as, much, as much hope as I have for the kids today mm-hmm. that they're going to be fine by, by the time they get up. Um, the school system is not welcoming as a whole. No, absolutely not. And you're, I mean, you were part of it. I was absolutely a part of it. Um, and there are so many limits Mm -hmm. on, on, I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 it's too much. Too (laughs) much. I saw. And so, I mean, this was in Oklahoma. But I, Fuck Oklahoma. but I saw that there was um, someone started uh, circulating on the internet. Now, granted, doesn't necessarily mean that because it's on the internet is true. That's my disclaimer. Okay, you did a good job. Thank you. Uh, but there was a uh, uh, biology affidavit. Oh, bitch! I saw that. Uh, like uh, for, and. For le- for for sports leagues. So now. that's what I was trying to understand was there was an affidavit that your parent had to sign of what your gender was at birth, and from my understanding, I didn't know if it was from one specific case or if a school district was just. I think a school district was just handing those out with their athletic forms. Mm-hmm. That was the impression. I that got. is what. Yes. What the ever flying fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm just also just amazed at these adults who have the the energy and time to devote this. Like there's there the world is on fire. Well, like, I <laughs> you know I and you want to go over around you going to go after gay babies. I saw a clip um, of Tony Emmy and uh, award winning all around queer icon Billy Porter. Yes, who was on the View. And, uh, oh shit! He was on the View, uh-huh. and they asked okay. uh, the the host of the View. Were they respectful? Billy? Yeah, I mean, granted, I just saw this clip. I didn't okay, see that. Cool. I, I I don't. I don't know. even know who's on the View anymore. No, no. Okay. Um, but they were asking Billy. But Kane's not on there anymore, right? No, okay. no. They were asking Billy just what their feelings were on all of this kind of gay back, all of this queer backlash that's happening around the world. I mean, in this country mm-hmm. now, it just feels like it's one new thing, you know, again and again, and again. And what Billy Porter said was, look, they're only doing, they're reacting and they're doing all of this because the change has already happened. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing it hasn't done has been codified. Right. The change has already happened. Yeah. There are more supporters now for the LGBTQ plus community. You know, it's you know than there ever have been. Than there ever have been. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, for God's sakes, 
queer is not used as a negative ask you know yeah. like word anymore you know for the most part yeah um and you know that really struck me and i was just like oh okay you know that yeah. i understand that i really do um and that's that's a good light for me that's yeah. a good kind of thing where i'm like it's true like this is i mean it's not um it is fighting to retain our rights not finding to gain our rights. Um, and that's, you know, like that doesn't that. go across the board. No, for, no. For there's a lot that still needs to be Absolutely gained. Absolutely not for, I mean, not but for our trans brothers and sisters. We definitely need trans to make siblings, sure that yeah. we retain what we have. Yeah. Which is why we're voting. Yes. We're all voting. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Um, honestly, in this moment, I feel like there's good things ahead of us. Yeah. I agree. I really do. Um, I think there's good things in front of us and we just have to keep going to get there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't feel like I don't. I feel like there are good things in front of us and we need to keep going to get there. Yeah. Um, they're only in front of us. though. They're, you know, we have, we, we can have these good moments. We have great moments when right. we're in the moment. It's great. This quality time is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but we got to keep going. Well, and also, there is no other way to go but forward. Well, no, there's options. I mean, there's there's people out here struggling who are thinking that they don't have any other option. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the best option. Yeah. Being here, seeing what good things are in front of us. It's coming. I think I feel like there are good things in front of us. I, I think there are good things coming. I do. I agree. How are you feeling? You good? You know, I am good. Um, today, I am good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to acknowledge that today, I am. You know? Yes. Yes. And uh, I, I do. And, and, you know, I saw that clip, that Billy Porter clip, maybe like two days ago. And it really, it's so, and it's so simple, right? You ride that energy <laughs> until it falls off. Okay. Yeah. We are grasping and hanging on to any hope uh -huh. joy love anything we can ha ha grab a hold of you ride that shit till it falls off yeah <laughs> yeah i'm saying they'd have no shame if it's a cookie <laughs> i don't care if you had a goddamn good cookie you better be thinking about that cookie for a week yeah yeah no that's you know that's how i feel um today i feel good and i really do i'm, I'm really glad i mean we took a little bit of a break in recording just to um, sleep, sleep, just to really kind of, we, we've been going, you know, bang, bang, bang. Um, but I loved our episode with blue. Yes. It made me so happy. I loved that. And I loved, you know, I, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to like recording again with you. So, yeah. I'm, you know, this was something that I've been looking forward to, uh, for the last week or so. Um, yeah, you know, cool. Um, queer cultural touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Do you have one ready or no? Um, I mean, I have one ready, and um, it's a it's a new recent thing. You haven't watched it yet, and I'm only bringing it up because I think this also kind of helped my mood a bit because it was just something that um, I never thought I would actually see. Now, granted, this thing that I'm about to bring up, not necessarily great. What are you talking about? What did, did you, you watch? Um, 
I, I was texting you about this, Uncoupled on Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. No, I have not. So, again... I'm excited about it just because it's a story. It's a queer storyline. It, it is. And it's like you know, a man in his, he's what, in his 40s? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, it's by Darren Starr, who created Melrose Place and uh, Sex in the City. And so, one, it's a, it, it is that trashy primetime TV genre that I, that I love, that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Um, but gay. But gay. Yeah. You know, and not like, you know, subliminally gay like Sex in the City. Um, but like outright gay. Yeah. And there are a couple points where I'm like, okay, that's a little, that's a little on the nose. Like, come yeah. on. Like, you know. Um, but again, as I was watching it, I'm like, this, uh, this is not like, and it's not like a queer spoke where it's being a, unabashedly like gay and, and, and talking like about issues, yeah. you know. It was just a little kind of trashy, primetime gay little about sex one soap. guy's about, little heartbreak yep about one very rich real estate agent in new york city and his very rich gay friends we love and that who him. are you know who is single and he's talking about how hard it's single how hard it is to be single as a gay man of this age i'm like bitch you're hot yeah and you have money. And you have money. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> but for me to be able to sit down and, and enjoy it and enjoy wine. it with my wine, I was like, this is the gay agenda. <laughs> it is the gay agenda. That's truly the gay agenda. Yeah. But just, I mean, just that kind of simple, like, joy of being able to say, oh, okay, this is a story that is being catered to me as a queer, a gay queer man, queer gay man. Um, you know, it is not, nece- it's not representative of our community but it's also not trying to be yeah so you know yeah yeah, it was fun I mean I can like you can watch it in four hours I'll give it a watch are there any butts in it yes excellent Neil Patrick Harris's butt oh Mm. (laughs) no shade sorry no 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 I'm sorry in PH yeah (laughs) were there other there's gotta be. It's Netflix. Yeah. That's but no, I, I was drinking a lot of wine while watching it. Mm, good. I'm glad for you. Yeah. A lot of pretty, a lot of pretty men. Cool. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's my thing. It's not really much to, you know. All I asked you for was a queer cultural touchstone and you gave us one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine would be the Witches of Eastwick. Oh. I introduced my sibling and their partner to it this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I love The Witches of Eastwick. Um, it, uh, it's iconic, first of all. Uh, although it does have a problematic person in it. Recently learned Jack Nicholson is problematic. Cue the shock and awe. I literally thought you were going to say Susan Sarandon. Is she problematic? Yeah. I just knew she's, high, she's just highly political. Yeah. Okay. But well, that's not she, whatever. She, you know, whatever. Um, anyway. Concept. Yeah. Concept. Uh, Share, mm-hmm. already hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Um, young Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. They're all young. And Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, come on. And they're friends. They're mm-hmm. just friends. They don't know they're witches. Nope. Until the devil moves to town. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm kind of okay with it as far as like a feminist yeah. perspective is because... It is kind of a they they it's kind of a, a wrathful film. Mm-hmm. 
like, yes, he does like seduce them, but then they oh, yeah. their wrath on him. Yeah, well, I mean, the entire thing about that is um it's also a kind of I think this is why a lot of gay men kind of also um uh, the gay men, but like you know, a lot of people in the queer community um kind of are attracted to that film is because it's also a kind of awakening of them. Oh, yes. It was so funny. I was watching it. And uh, my sibling's partner. So I'm trying to think. Okay. The first one. So they all have... The hair is fabulous. Right. First of all, I want to be Cher in that movie. Mm -hmm. Specifically, all of her outfits because it's set in the 80s. So Mm -hmm. one, I want to be her when they're at the commencement speech and they're all tired of that old man talking. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting there with her with her daughter next or with the, her friend's kids around her with that giant basket of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And she's just like listfully sitting in the sun while the breeze blows through her hair. I want to be that chair. Mm-hmm. And then would they have a uh, girl's drinking night or whatever. And Cher is in a uh, messy, like a mess, uh messy ponytail, I mm-hmm. think. And then she has on a shoulder cut sweatshirt. With sweats and cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. I want to be that Cher too. Yep. Um, anyway, so they all have, Cher has her normal like light curly hair or whatever. Michelle Pfeiffer has her the straight ball. hair. Yeah. And then Susan Sarandon wears hers in a really tight braid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as they all have their awakening, um, they all get a perm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, it's all... It's all f- Flowing. So Susan Sarandon gets her perm first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cher is the next one seduced. And then she gets a perm. And then <laughs> as he's seducing Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, my sibling's partner goes, Is she gonna, is her hair gonna get big and curly too? Mm-hmm. And I said, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've always been a big fan of that story. Um, I read the book a, a while ago. What? It's a book? Oh, it's a no. It was originally a book. I did not know it's a by book. John Updike. Why do we know that name? Uh, the Invisible Man. Oh, I hope that's uh, right. Oh, hold on. I hope that's right. Hold on. It's a anyway. But but then also, it, um, have I told? There's a musical that I love, uh, which is a V-Strick? Uh huh. Yes, I, I love. That. I love listening. I've never to listened it. to it. Uh, there is a um. So they each get a song. For their yeah. like awakening, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my favorite is um, uh, Jane. So yeah. This, so in the movie, it's so Susan Sarandon. Randon. So um, so that character is uh, a cellist, right? It's a, yeah, she's a cellist. a cellist. So the the song in the musical is is that character is playing the cello, and Daryl the the devil um, is like egging her on to be like. No, like play with more feeling, play mm-hmm. with more feeling. And so it just, she, you can, it, it's very restrained. Like her vocals are very restrained. Mm-hmm. But as he keeps egging her on. Oh, did and, she and start she, singing? Is, yes. And so where it becomes this kind of wild and like, you know. Yes. Thing, and then, and you can hear the we cello. We love some like, wild vocals. The cello playing like even more vigorously. Yeah. It is just beautiful. Okay. You're going to have to uh, turn me on with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. What's funny is. This is, I really love introducing films to my sibling. And um, apparently they reminded me the other day that one of their favorite movies is Nine to Five Mm. because Mm -hmm. I introduced them to it like right out of college. And I came and I was like, okay, we're going to watch this film because I love it. And we'll talk about that at a different time. And I was like, but I, I, uh, 
I love it. But also, we watched about it in my female archetypes in film class. Okay. Which, at another time, we'll talk about my college experience and how my college was basically a feminist college. Mm. And all of our English courses, or at least the ones I took, were surrounding women and women mm-hmm. female themes. Um, but yeah, so I, <laughs> when we were getting ready to watch, I was telling them, I was like, okay, this film could also fit in a female archetypes in film. Because you have three different archetypes in that film between mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon and Sharon. Yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah. So. Um, so that way listeners don't be like, uh, Roger, no. Uh, John Updike did not write Invisible Man because that, the, oh, that was written by Ralph. yourself, That was girl. written by Ralph, Ralph Ellison. <laughs> I don't know that name. Um, why do well, I know Updike? Uh, Updike is... They won the Pulitzer for Rabbit Run. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do an entire John Updike episode soon. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Um, Well, I'm so glad that we were, um, that we just kind of, I know, worked through our issues on the mic for everyone to uh, listen to. (laughs) I, I hope wherever you're listening that you take a moment to appreciate what you have and take a moment to appreciate the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and find something to look forward to. Absolutely. And when you're taking that moment, just uh, go rate and uh, review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs> I know. I know. Follow us at Instagram at Queer Context. That's Q-U-E-E-R-C-O-N-T-X-T. I love it. Yes. All right, sir. Till next time. Okay. okay. Cheers. Bye.